Welcome to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. Thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. You win some, you lose more. What is up, punters and dribblers? This episode of All Talk is brought to you by Dr. V, Australia's first and best all-natural energy drink. That's right, Tom. If you want to detox and supercharge your physical and mental health, we'll do it with Dr. V, and they're 100% natural energy drinks. It's the way to go. This week, very pumped to be back in the saddle after a week off last week. You and I, Eddie, went and sunned our collective packages yes, uh, at various spots around this great nation of ours. We're back. Our packages are tanned. They are. And, and we're ready to rip in. 100%. I've actually missed being in the hot seat, Tom, to be honest. Yep. And we come back with one of the great guests. I mean, we go away, we sun ourselves, we bring back one of the great guests all time. Yep. Willie Mason, New South Wales legend, rugby league legend, uh, all-round all legend. Premiership basically. winner, Clive Churchill winner. He's been all over the world. And he's just a big and larger-than-life character. And he's, he's become a friend. Dear friend. Dear friend. Friend of the show. Christmas card stuff. 100%. So it was great to sit down with Willie, excavate his thoughts on State of Origin, talk to him about his career, his life, where he's at now. Uh, a terrific interview, punters and dribblers. We just absolutely nailed this uh, it's a, It was a real, it, it's a real gem, this Kudo, one. Kudos to us. Well, pats on the back for you this and I. This might talk. be one of the great interviews of all time. Well, that's our zenith. I hey, think. hey, Michael Parkinson, kick rocks, buddy. You've been bested, mate. Punters and dribblers, Willie Mason. In doing some, you know, incredible research. Of course. Once we I, expect, I expect nothing less. Yeah. Um, but so you were, you signed with the Hunter Mariners when you were, how old? 16. 16. Yeah. So that was Super League time, obviously. What was it like as a young person there? Like, do, do, is there much pressure on you in that mm. area, like in that time? Considering what the young kids cop now. It was none, yeah. and I think that was I think that was great. The 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 era that I come through, like they didn't really care if you're a gun schoolboy, if you made this and that, and I was in all those you know those sides that you needed to make and all that kind of stuff, and like no one cared, yep. which was great. Like where we we knew Suoliti was coming three years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you knew that he was going. There was video footage on. He was on YouTube. There's all this. All you hear about is like Willie Mason kid or this and that. Chris Walker and we're all coming through. All making like the junior kangaroos and all that sort of shit. Newcastle boy. Um, but are the Knights trying to get you? Yeah. Well, like, the a bit thing of a- is, so this is what happened. So I went to the. So I was like, we grew up in government houses and all that sort of shit. I had five five sisters, two brothers. My old man died. When I was seventeen, so in '97, Super League, so he died at the end, end of that. So I was a, I was that prodigy kid since I was about twelve, anyway. So I only played because of dad. Since you were twelve, like you yeah, were, well they they get earmarks on when you're about twelve years old. And so you were dominating system, back yeah. then. But in Newcastle, they just had a great system there. Yeah, it was back then they and I thought they still had that now, but that's probably why we're not developing that many juniors like New South Wales wide. Mm. So they, I'll go back to so, so under twelves. So we'd play the best under 12. So 12 is the 15s. You're in the rep system, right? So the best in Newcastle. Newcastle's a big catchment too. Same as Illawarra and Canberra, Western Sydney, and then Maxville up near Coffs Harbour and that. So there was five, five groups, right, which is pretty much the whole New South Wales. And you'd play against each other. So I'd play against the Illawarra team. They had Luke Patton in it. They had Luke Bailey and all these sort of blokes. Yeah. So the Western, Sibber, Western Suburbs, Minicello was in there. Me and Minnie marked each other on the wing. Fucking <laughs> 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 hilarious. Um, in under-12s, you know, um, Canberra, they had like Villa Santi and all these. So we all come through the system. By the time you get 15, 16, then you play Harold Mats, and then you come through the system, SG Ball, 
Jersey Fleet Reserve Grade First Grade. That's the pathway. Yeah. But so I went from uh, so I did that 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s. Did missed out on Harold Matts, which I thought my whole life was over. So you did you didn't get no, picked I didn't up. get picked. Yeah, I, I, no, I trialed for Harold Matts. So yeah. I just didn't make it, and I thought yeah. like. What do you reckon? This, what this, happened? This is like this is when it gets political, and that's always tell the, the, <laughs> the younger kids. I'm like, this is doesn't mean shit, Harold Matz, because like I said, I didn't make Harold Matz. It wasn't because of, f- it wasn't because of talent, because just say the, the selector didn't like my dad or some shit. Like, gets really political, right? And petty, okay. right? Yeah. I said, when you're like 17, 18, they can't not pick you, you know. So like, but at that time, it means everything too. You Were know, you like, big then? Did you? Show oh, up? I was like a center, like a sort of like a center, skinny, fast, sort of like rangy sort of thing, you know, like okay. Um, so I always played like five eight center, all really? that kind of stuff. So I understood, yeah, and fullback, all that kind Jeez, of that stuff. Is that why you? That must obviously be why you have a bit more of a rugby yeah. mind. Yeah, and then I just sort of grew into this <laughs> body. That's so funny if you being like, "Whoa, what the is happening?" Yeah, I'm just like, going from huge. like six foot two or three and like, like ninety five <laughs> kilos to like one preseason, sixteen seven, six five hundred fifteen <laughs> in one preseason. Jesus Didn't God. even lift the weight, not one weight. Wow, just bang. Just and grew and I was, and I, but I was still fast, right? Because yeah. I, was, I was a state runner and all that kind of stuff. So I kept that mobility, okay. and I'll sell this pretty much a prototype for a back row, or front row. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyhow, I come through the system. So under 16s, that's when, that's when Super League come, right? So I end up playing that, uh, playing Super League that year, '97. So I was 16, I was 17 years old. End up playing uh, 17s, making the junior Australian 17s. Then I got moved up to under 19s, and then even playing reserve grade. So when I was like 17, I was playing all those three. And I was just a beat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is this all for the Mariners? Yeah, right. all for the Mariners. Yeah. So I was only uh, 17 there. And then, so dad died. And that was, that just threw a big spanner in the works. You know I what I mean? Imagine, so I was yeah. like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like I was, I just barely really remember it because it was just like a real f***ed up sort of time. Yeah. Mm. And like, I was like very uh, highly fucking chased as a young kid. I had like Wayne Bennett ringing me, Tim Sheens. I'd say, I'm not home. And, no, and no. your old man was, you were saying, he was like a he massive was the, part of he was the, He was, yeah, he was the big, big, big number one supporter. So, had all these calls from all these first grade coaches and mum was like, oh, no, 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 no. Wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer the phone, wouldn't talk or anything no. like that. And I was just so, I don't know, I was just, obviously, if there was anything close to depression, it was probably that. Yeah. Um, you just sort of shattered and you're like, because all you want to do is play for your dad. I want mm. dad to see me play for Australia. I ended up playing for Australia and you said, well, look at all the shit that I did in my career. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Wanna and then like, and I'm like, I only played for him. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, that's why I played with so much passion and shit because I always used to think about him before every game. Yeah. And right. sort of nearly like give me that, like that extra emotion to be like, I'll kill you. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what drove me. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. You know, like people don't really, probably don't know that, but they're the little things that get you over the edge to be great not just average you know what i mean and that was probably it you know so it was a bit hard there so i uh i had a few options but newcastle didn't want anyone who was affiliated with super league and i was filthy with them for ages because i was only six 17 years old it's not like i was like so brett camorley and um scotty hill and all that they played first grade for newcastle i i didn't play first grade for newcastle i just was i went you know you know what you know why i went to mariners because i had nike Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're right. poor as shit, and I wanted Nike boots. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's yeah. like hundred percent why. Yeah, we wow. all did because we're all from houses. We're all yeah. houses. Like, I got mad Nike gear. Yeah, I'm going the Mariners. <laughs> what is the Mariners? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Knights have got <laughs> peerless or some shit brand. <laughs> That. So that's what we were just saying. I said I'm going to go to I'll go to the Mariners, and then I'll you know depends how long this lasts, and then we'll go to f- 
go back to the Knights. Right. All I want to do is play for the Knights. All that kind of stuff. Do you get sold hard by the Mariners, or is like like is it, no? I mean, but no, they got recruited pretty right? yeah pretty highly, mm. and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Like, and then um, end up traveling around Australia like with the first grade team and everything. Like, they had a great concept, Super League. Yeah, because it was Australia wide, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So like we're training seventeen year olds and like being on a plane, staying yeah. in fancy uh, hotels, and I'm like, because I remember staying at um. South Bank Ridges in Brisbane, right? And that was the fanciest hotel I ever stayed at. And I always look at it when I go to Brisbane, like, God, remember that? Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like the f-ing best hotel I've ever stayed in. Yeah. Obviously now I've stayed a little bit better, but that was the best <laughs> yeah. time then. And I was yeah. like, and my dad got to watch me play Junior Kangaroos, and that was probably the highlight. You know what See, I mean? Yeah. And then he ended up passing away in October. So, but like, I was filthy on the nights that they um they didn't want me, but they didn't want anyone affiliated. I'm like, dude, I'm like. It was one year. Mm. I'm not like a, a superstar or anything like that. I'm not like Brett Kamali and all these other guys, Richard Swain, all these sort of guys. So I had to like make a decision then. Did you explain to them that it was all about Nike boots? Yeah. I said, do you, know, I went, do you guys have Nike boots? <laughs> no, nah, not anymore. <laughs> it. I'm going back to Sp- Oh, Canterbury, dude. That was sponsored by Nike. <laughs> you are listening to All Talk with Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport podcast, and we are chatting with rugby league legend Willie Mason. In So to head into 98 season, I would you would usually go to pre-season November 97, right? So dad died in October. I don't even remember all that kind of shit. And then I didn't go down to Bulldogs until February 98. So they've had like 12 weeks of preseason. It was oh, just like, okay. so I'm coming from Toronto West where there's no Lebanese people in Toronto West. Mm. So I moved to Belmore from Toronto West, <laughs> yeah. not knowing what a Lebanese person was or anything like that, a f- kebab, all this sort of shit. I'm just like, where the f- am I? <laughs> Young 17 f- year old kid. Yeah. And just going, this is the, my last, my, my last recollection of Belmore was when they had a mad riot. When, um, in Super League when they played against Wigan or something like that. Remember the World Club Challenge? Oh, I don't recall 97. That. 97, you've been young. Yeah, 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 I know. But they had a big f-ing riot and I played before it. <laughs> and in under, like, under 19s. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, f- not flares and all that sort of shit. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, I don't want to f- come back here. And then the only reason why I went there is because Michael Hagen, Keith Onslow, Michael Hagen was uh, Bobby Hagen, who was the CEO's brother. Mm. Remember Michael Hagen? Yeah, Michael Hagen. Yeah, he was the yeah, Hague, yeah, Hague, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love Hagen. I had a great relationship with him. He was picking me up every f-ing, like every weekend, every second day, like just driving me down to Belmore, and I'm like, I wouldn't even go down. I was just in that, you know, I was just period in the, of your life. Yeah, it was an like, awful period. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, ah, oh, what are you anyway? I'm doing anything. Then I just yeah. sort of come to the. Like, well, I just looked around. Like, well, how am I going to get this family out of this shit? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Did you we, feel like, pressure? Were yeah, you like, I yeah. mean, I would. I, I wanted that. You know, brother was in jail, and the youngest was one year old. You know what I mean? Like, we mm. just lived in a commission house, and I'm like, I said, it was just. Things happen for a reason, right? Sort of penny just dropped. I'm like, all right, well, it's on me. Mm. And then I just went down to Sydney just and, and then was so hell-bent on being whatever I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to get the first grade, bought Mama House when I was 21. Wow. And then, yeah. That must have been a cool Yeah, feeling. it was mad, yeah. So, like, I, was, I hit the scene pretty hard. And it only took me, like, 32 games to play for Australia. 32 games. Hectic. You had – you became a journeyman in the sense that you were bouncing around clubs. Yeah. You were, st- like, often the – Trajectory of a journeyman is like they're just sort of, yeah, they're just sort of eking out the remainder, yeah. remaining no, days. And of their I was career. still, still doing it at like yeah. in my 30s. So I was just like, the game was just fun to me, yeah, it was really fun. I had one year at Manly, it was really fun, but then it started getting, it started getting like you know, like the Mondays were like, I don't really want to go train them. And I, that's when, and, and it, like, I'm 35, you know, so I'm playing, been playing some not 19 to 35, mm. but in between that, sorry, I'll when I went to North Queensland, I had an opportunity to stay in North Queensland 
or go to Hull. And I already explained the whole thing. That that whole thing up. Anyway, so I sat in the, old, <laughs> sat in the yeah, south yeah. of France for 18 months, playing for Toulon, played one game, played for the Bar Bars. You said this, I saw it on yeah. levels yeah, the other yeah, day yeah. where you were like, your first two games are First two games, yeah. yeah. It was mad. Bar Bars. Yeah. And, and that's where um, you got your taste for Rosa. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to scale that bottle tonight before I get to the origin. <laughs> um, uh, no, so I had a, I had a great I had a great time over there. Met some beautiful people, some great people. Living in the south of France, getting paid a shitload of money. You know, the lifestyle is unbelievable. Yeah. Union's got it made, mate. You play a couple of tests for New Zealand or Australia, straight to out of France, I'd go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 45 kilometres from Saint-Tropez. Yeah. Saint-Tropez, it's the best place in the world 45 kilometers from my house <laughs> car nice yeah. Yeah, oh monaco yeah, yeah. all that sort of shit monaco grand prix and then i, I think uh, a few uh oh so i'm 30 is 30 but at that time 30 was old in the nrl right? right so i think a few coaches heard that i wasn't you know i only played one or two games for too long because i signed with um a coach who loved the league place. He was signing sunny bill and all that kind of stuff next minute they signed this he goes and coaches the french, uh, the french side Philippe Saint Andre's name was well, great guy. And then the new coach was uh, a guy who's been on the board, and he's been hell against Australian rugby league players coming taking French people's spots. Uh, Who the f- is doing that at the moment? Me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say one f- word to me. Oh, really? Not one. The coach. The not coach. One not one word. Not even shake my hand or anything. Just like because he was, he was like I'm the. F- person that yeah. he doesn't like like you know he's been mm. fighting against that i didn't know that until they, a couple of the boys said yeah man you're done <laughs> he, he, he's the one who's been advocating for getting uh, rugby league plays not union not anything else rugby league plays coming over taking french guys spots because there was a few doing that at the time mm. i'm like how's your luck <laughs> so i played one or two games and i was just like how's it work from a contract perspective or were you like- still getting paid Oh, they were just like... You just don't get played. Yeah, you just don't get played. I was over there to play, but, but what it did was like rejuvenate my body. I wasn't copping any hits or anything yeah, like that. Right. So I played eight or nine years in, in the rep scene, you know, plus, yeah. you know, 200, 200 plus games and all this sort of shit. So it takes its toll, right? I had 18 months of not getting hit. Nothing. And then Wayne Bennett rings up and goes, I heard you're not happy, big boy. And I'm like, fuck, how do you know? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you the know? Whisper, how do you, the whisper. Yeah, how did you I'm sitting in the South of France where no one knew. <laughs> I must have told my manager and manager must have Done some few phone calls it, and yeah. shit, and he goes, "Well, that's when he started. He coached Newcastle 2012. That's right. He goes, I need some swag in this team, big boy. I need, <laughs> I, need, I, need you, I need you back. Would you come back?'" And I'm like, "Ah, man, sitting on the French Riviera, smoking darts, <laughs> drinking rosé, <laughs> yeah. nice, beautiful life." I'm like, and I thought in my head, I'm like, I could sit here for another three years and I'll retire, and I, you know, I've invested well, it'll be all right. And I'm like. I started watching. I watched an Origin game. I'm like, it don't look that hard. Does it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, you know, the NRL didn't look, you know, look like it. it same shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, then he goes, come back. He goes, give me six weeks, but he goes, don't, can't, can't come back straight in. He goes, let me do my thing. Come back, train my ass off for six weeks. Bang, he's playing by round seven. Unbelievable. And then play another five years. And how'd you find it when you got back? It was great. Yeah. Yeah, nothing changed. The nah. game was like, I think I'll probably, tu- I'll probably turn into a, a better all-round player. Because back in the 2000s, it wasn't defensive orientated, right? Mm. It was just f- running the ball. And de- you weren't getting coached like we, like you coach these young kids, so defensive orientated. If you're not like a f- great defender, you're not on the team. Mm. Back then, like you could just get away with like hitting a couple of big hits. Like Sonny Bill, just say, he, like he's a 60% effective tackler. But <laughs> I'd rather him in the team yeah. than f- 
some bloke who's 100% like because it's the impact that he makes right so we just we we just used to try and bash the shit out of everyone yeah biggest hits I don't give a f- get up real quick it's not the point <laughs> you know with, no. you know that you try you try and you try and impose your will on these guys you know like um so you didn't didn't really change that much and it was just I probably turned into like a more all-rounded sort of um player you're listening to all talk with hello sport and today we are talking to new south wales legend willie mason now willie did you become more of, of a mentor as well yeah i remember yeah. reading at the time that you sort of wayne had wanted to sort of mentor the boys yeah he was you'd, you'd almost like chaperone when they were yeah of the course place. like wayne which because wayne trust me he was like in um because he didn't believe all the shit like because at that time during the 2000s they were like i was public enemy number one yeah anything they said was like it was a gospel to everyone. So like the whole narrative was whatever they said in the Telegraph, like everyone would believe. Mm. He never believed that. He was my uh, national coach for two or three years. So we went on kangaroo tours for 12 weeks and we got to know each other and he trusted me and he knows what I was like. Can, totally different from whatever is portrayed, right? But mm. perception is reality to a lot of people. Because you see a lot of people now, they're going, oh, I thought you were the biggest in the world. You hear a lot of comments. Mm. Oh, you're a good guy. And I'm like, a sort of backhanded compliment, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought you were the biggest f- I ever met. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. but yeah, you're not a bad bloke. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Thanks, mate. Yeah. I guess. Thanks, <laughs> what was that like dealing with that when you're young and you're getting shit I didn't in the care, media? mate. You didn't care? I didn't. I honestly didn't. I cared about my family. Um, all, I've always put things in perspective, man. I went, as I said, I buried my dad when I was 17, so yeah. it's not that much going to f- with me as, as a man. You mm. know what I mean? Even now, you're not really going to do anything that that's bad to me like unless you kill someone in my family yes Mm. you know what i mean like when you go through death at a young age it changes your perspective on life and everything like that and like football is just fun and you meet good people and it's just footy Mm. you're not as i said i buried my dad when i was 17 so i'm like life can't throw that much more at a man you know what i mean and i was like always looked at it like that so anything that they said i was like cares and did you I'm ever like, have who any- cares i was more worried about like what mum was like thinking you know like his yeah. mum's mum you know like yeah. and my sisters and everything like that i'm like F-, you know i was more worried about that than me i'm like because i really did not give a shit mm. <laughs> yeah. i was like because you couldn't one thing they couldn't f- with me was like the football yeah you know what i mean like because i was because i was always still, fucking pl- still playing at a high level all the time still doing what i wanted to do off the field and then like it was just that was it they just tried to like sort of come at me like oh really most of seen leaving a f- nightclub at six who cares yeah but like but there would have been like 10 or 15 other players with me yeah but that you were you were ahead but i was that dude you know what i mean like you know and and i just everyone just sort of nelly mate making jokes of it really because they thought it was you're just taking the piss really you just you just when when's it gonna end Mm. like everyone just thought you know mate you're not getting to him yeah you're not you're not not like you know like guys like you know (laughs) most most of the guys that i play they're like mate you don't understand what these guys because they never knew what I was like when I was younger, what I, what I went through as a young kid. You know, like you know, they're like, you're never going to break this guy. Mm. Like you can't, you can't. Yeah, it's sport. This is what he's good at. So, were you part of the team that lost all the points? Yeah. So was that 2001? Two. 2002. Then you guys won it. Two, oh four. Oh four. Yeah, What's so we, that like? That must yeah, have been. That was that must crazy. Been, where you just going like, oh so, my yeah, god? Because we had it like. You, you go through that team and it was like, it wasn't a star-studded team, but it was a full of OGs and like young talent. Like yeah. I was coming through, Braith was coming through, Matt Utah was coming through, um, you know, Brent Sherwin was Jeff still Willie? reasonably young. Who's that? Was it Willie Tonga there? No, nah, you had there, Nigel yeah? Vungan and you had Willie Talao. Oh, yeah, right. Shit. Has okay. him. You had like um, like Pricey, O'Mealy, myself, Steve Reardon, 
Glenn Hughes, Darren Smith, real old school dudes, but with yeah. a mix of like Paul Rahihi, all these guys, Rahihi. big rah. Um, but we were just defensive based. Just like, I think we defended like eight sets of six one time. Jesus Christ. I was like, and we'll fit, and it was just based, that's what Bulldogs Tough. football is based on. Just defense, just defense, 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 and then breaking their will and then going down and scoring a try. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, we just had a really well balanced side. Won 17 games in a row. You'd yeah. be wrapped if you won two and two or three in this day. And age, yeah, man. I know. 17. 17's <laughs> outrageous. And then, 17? You get, then, and then what? They find out you're six games before the end of the year. See, I think we're on 44 points and we still had like six games ago. <laughs> how, clear, how clear of second were? Oh, clear of 44 points is so many. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 44 huge. points is a shitload. Yeah, by the huge. end of the season, Dogs had won 20 games. The Warriors came first and they won 17. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And best attack by about 30 points. Yeah. And we f give up. Like, just say the back end, we were just like, who gives a shit? I was yeah. just like, let's just not play. Yeah, right. Well, so how did that? How did they break out? that too? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I remember we were, um we just played para, and we pumped them, <laughs> of course. Um, and then we're at the Canterbury swimming pool, uh, doing the um, our rehab and all that sort of shit. And it was more than like, um, you know, when you see the you don't see the sports people, you see the TV guys. Yeah, That's when right. you know you're in shit. Yeah, right. When you okay. say yeah, always, when you start, when you stop right. making sport pages and you start making the news, that's yeah. when you're in oh, shit. That's what Wayne always journalist. said. He goes, when you start making front pages instead of back, you're <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> and we were <laughs> front and back, and it was like, uh, and we did, we didn't know. We honestly didn't know. Yeah, I don't care when you where your As money's if you coming would. from, yeah. man. Like, yeah, like, we didn't know until they put out like, uh, like what everyone was on. I was like, oh. Shit. Because no one really talks about no how much there. of that. No yeah. One, yeah, like you sort of hear rumours, oh, yeah, he signed for like, you know, the highest pay would have been like 400 back then. That was yeah. massive. Yeah. 400, 450, 500 maybe. That would be like huge contract then. Because the salary cap was only 3.2. Mm. Right, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I think we were like 2 million over. <laughs> but it was all back pay. I think it was something like, something ridiculous, you know, because all these guys, they, they, they bought it out in the, pa in the papers, like what, what everyone was on. Mm. Then I was like, because we had grounds to leave. And then I was like, well, well, I just started playing for Australia and stuff like that. And I'm like, he doesn't play for Australia, so I want more than him. So I got a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm walking. <laughs> so you're going to pay more. You're going to so pay everyone more. They had to pay, more, they had to pay me more. They had to pay me more. <laughs> yeah, they did. I was just like, uh, yeah, well, uh, see that you. guy there? Hasn't played for Australia, and I want more than him. Yeah, yeah. wow. And they're like, Cause, okay, cause okay, the, okay. Because all the amounts came out. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, so like guys that were playing like Braith and myself and like well, the young kids were only 21, and I'm like, no, I want Yeah, want I that. need some of that. Thank yeah. you very much. And we got pay raised. One of the things I, that sort of, I, I guess you could say surprised me about you once I got to know you is that you're way more of an astute rugby league mind than I think just generally uh, I reckon people would give like – a front row yeah. credit for you know what I mean, and but not just but in comparison to anyone, not just a front, not yeah. for a front rower. I just think you, you know, I respect and and I think you have a good way of like conveying rugby league knowledge to the every yeah. man as well. Yeah. Um, is there any world where you would coach? You do some assistant work at the yeah. dogs now, but where you would coach in a more sort of senior capacity or yeah. in New South Wales? I like, what I, I like what I do now with the Bulldogs. I mean, ambassador for the club. 
and I sort of am in control, me and uh, Ogre, about the culture that we're trying to build at the club and mm. rebuild, you know, because it's, it's, there's no secret. It's, it's, it's lost. Mm. And it's going to take two or three years to get it back. Mm. And it starts from the juniors, right? 16 year old kids, 17, 18. Like, well, I was one of those kids come down as a 17 year old. And it's just to indoctrinate everything that a Bulldog player should be. And then by the time they get to first grade, they're ready. Yep. You know, you just add a few little things here and there, but the mentality's there, right? It's hard to put that mentality into a young kid. Mm. And um and you gotta and you gotta be um selective as well because it's it's draining. It's a very draining job because you wanna put so much energy into every kid, but the stats say and people are gonna make it. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So you gotta be very careful and you know, the people that we recruit is important. Gus is important to the club, Ciro is important to the club, everybody involved in the club wants to make it go further. But like with coaching, I understand the game quite well. Mm. You know, I love I love uh teaching young kids, NRL players, even even that and like you know, like if if anything come up and just you know, if they changed coaching or anything like that and they said come in just come into camp and just just be around camp for New South Wales. Of course I would. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? But like, you know, Freddie has his people there and, um, you know, he's got Danny Badiris, who's a great friend of mine. Mary's a good friend of mine. You've got Brandy. Uh, you got Freddie. You've know, got guys like that that have been there for six years. Mm. You know, Hayden Knowles. you got all that kind of stuff. And, mate, at the end of the day, they're not getting the job done. Mm. And I know what New South Wales are like. They eat their own. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel sorry for Freddie because, like, He's not in control of, like, calling plays, right? You know, like, you, you're you in control of just getting these guys ready for that game. Pumped up. They just, that's and sort sometimes... Of, guess, does I that, like, work more for you? Like, again, I'm throwing your hat in the ring for a coach in New South Wales. But, yeah. like, you know, where you're, to, to your point of it, not being, you're not calling plays, but there is a lot of it, which is about, like, man motivation. Yeah. Getting them, like, is it, would you ever consider that if someone was like, Willie, would you coach New South Wales? Yeah, I would. I'd love to. Like, yeah. it was just, it's just, it's something that... Like me being coached by some of the best coaches, like with with Phil Gould, uh, Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, um, Steve Folks. Like everyone had their different little ways of coaching. Like Folks was real hard, hard on me. Like just like just with discipline, with everything like that, hard work, all that kind of stuff. Bell, uh, Bellamy was really intense but really detailed. Wayne Bennett was all about man management. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's just like managing your egos. Not, I can't coach you the way I coach you. Understand mm. that. And right now, that is really important because of the ethnicities in this game right now. Sixty percent Polynesian. You know what I mean? Those, um, the minority now is, is Australian, right? You know, Indigenous, all that kind of stuff. So you have got to understand people and like little things like if a coach doesn't understand, just say if you're talking to a whole group and an Indigenous brother is like he's looking at the ground, like that's not rude, right? That's just. It's rude for him to look you in the eyes. It's disrespectful, right? In 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 the indi- yeah, in the yeah. indigenous culture, like yeah. just because he's looking at the ground doesn't mean he's not listening. Yeah, it's just part of the indigenous culture. They don't like looking in the eyes. Mm. It's not like that. They don't get down like that. And in the Polynesian sort of uh, culture, if you look someone in the eyes, it's like you want to fight. Yeah, you know what really? I mean. You know what I mean. So it's yeah. a big difference. So when like don't you know? So if they're looking around and stuff like that. This ain't mean that they're not in full. It's funny because like I've always and I've always been raised to like look someone directly yes, in the eye, shake their hand, look it's in the exactly. eye. Exactly, yeah. and that's the, yeah. the Australian way. That's yeah. the English way. That's how we, you know. That's that's a bit different, right? Mm. But it's different in Polynesian. Yeah. The Polynesian culture is different in Indigenous culture. They like looking in the eyes, man. You know. So if you don't know that as a coach, you're really disconnected as a person. Mm. And where you have a look at that um, New South Wales side, there's a lot of brothers in there. There's a lot of Indigenous brothers in there as well. 
you know. So you got to understand everything like that. Um, so like I think as a coach, me personally as a coach, I understand all that. Mm. I'm not far, I'm not too far disconnected from from playing and from all these guys that are playing now. Yep. I'm glad that I haven't played with anybody. I, w- I wanted to really wait until everybody that I played against is all done, yep. all retired. I think a lot of coaches make that mistake. They keep they go straight into coaching, like Nathan Brown. That's the blueprint, right? Yes. He went from coaching, then he's slapping Trent Barrett on the sideline. <laughs> I, know. I know. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the. <laughs> go, oh my god! What are you? That was wildest. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what I mean? But like he just played with him the year before. And at that time, Trent Barrett was that dude. He yeah. was the Australian like five eight and whatever. He's in he was in New South Wales teams and Brownie was just a club player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He was just a club player. Yeah. Slapped him and Lance Thompson was there, God rest his soul. And I was just looking at that going, F-. And then I just looked at that and went, nah, you can't you can't coach like that quick. That's why I stepped away from the game for like six years and I was just building my own sort of stuff. And I love podcasting. I think yes. that's my sort of Thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not built for like the Fox Sports, the mainstream bullshit because yeah, they control up. the narrative and it's shit. I'm a conversationalist yeah. and I I'm not sitting there in meetings and they try and control this shit and mm. I'm not sitting there with Buzz, Buzz Rothfield. <laughs> you know, I'd fall asleep. <laughs> I love Buzz, but God damn, Brace doing a great job on those, all those things. It. But like, yeah. you know, like I, I look at the Channel 9 thing and it don't look fun. Mm. Yeah. It don't look fun. It, it, looks, does, it looks like to do it would feel, like feel quite stressful, I feel. It would, you know what I mean? Like, and I love JT and I love Billy and Cam and all that, but they're the biggest names in the sport. doesn't mean they're the most talented. No. Do you know what I mean? Like Sonny Bill and all these boys, they just, we just need those guys on TV so everyone, you get your eyes on, on the TV. Yeah. They're not breaking games down like they should. I think uh, JT and Joey have got the smartest brains in the f-ing whole world in rugby league, mm. but you never see that. They don't use yeah. them. Why aren't we seeing that? that we see it sometimes, but you watch ESPN and all that kind of stuff when they break games down and all that yeah. kind of stuff. All the nuances yeah. of the game and like, I want to know what how JT is thinking when he sees a, a five on four down a short side. I asked, like JT and I, we've been locked in a room talking about this shit. You know what I mean? Four yeah. in the four in the morning. You know what I mean? Just sitting <laughs> yeah. there going, what are you looking at? Because I'm and I'm a student talking of the game, shape. and I love. Oh, we're talking shape. Yeah. We're just talking shape. <laughs> we're talking shape at four in the morning. And um, you know what? What do you look at when the three man turns his shoulders in? When he's going down a short side, and you got Matty Bowen at the back. You got a lead. You got this. You got what are you looking at the center as he turned his shoulders in or out? Like he sees that shit within a second. Mm. I'm like, F-. and he always pulls the right trigger. And like all these little things, that, and and understand, you got a guy like me who's hunting from the inside, trying to break his ribs, mm. and he's still like, you either hit the short guy, hit the guy at the back, or you'll hit the guy a face ball to the center because the center's turned in. That's There's like so many things. And going he was on telling, we were still talking yeah. for hours, hours, and I was just because I want to know what the a great halfback thinks like. And Joe, yeah. he's been my, my, one of my best mates for ages. Mm. And Joey, I sit there have coffee with Joey and stuff like that. Mm. I want to know what Joey's thinking all, yeah. the, all the time as well because. You know, like, I, I was blessed to play with those two guys. They were f- at their peak. Like, when I come through, Joey was the seven. Yeah. And then he retired. We had f- AT. Yeah. You know, Danny Badiris and I had Cam Smith. Mm. You know, Darren Lockyer had Trent Barrett. You had some weapons, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, like, GI. and uh, Yeah, yeah. I had to just do, do my job. Yeah. You listen to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. And today we have the pleasure of talking to the great Willie Mason. Now, Willie, you really only hear those conversations now from Cooper Crump 
and Matty Johns when they do the Matty Johns show. But other than that, you don't get yeah, they don't break really it down enough, stuff. man. No, Cooper Cronk's one of the smartest guys in the game. Yeah, yeah. but they don't utilize their skill. No. That's probably that's probably the closest show though that you've got to being like Almost that full on nerd out analytical like as you say where you're seeing the best and Matty minds. Johns as is one of the best minds. Yeah, if he got He's into Origin, into Origin, or if him and uh, him and Joey did, that would fix everything because of the way they are and they just their their demeanor and who they are and the amount of respect that they demand within that. Like I spoke to Joey just before game three. Excuse me. Um, and he always throws it off. No, 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 no. We're sitting down in Bronny. Like he, he, you know, he can't even turn sideways. He's got to, got to look like that because he's next. <laughs> so we're both sitting down there. And that way is the beach, right? So he's got the best seat on the corner. And I'm like, I'm not sitting there. I'm just looking at the bush. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to him, right? So it's two people sitting next to each other. He can't really look at me. I'm just sitting there. So I end up like facing this way so I can look out there. And I said, Joey, what if, what if, just, just let me let me talk. I was saying, because don't just say no. What if they go, Joey, we want you to be coach. Well, we need you to be coach, mm. right? Because Joey's never going to put his hand up, right? Mm. And he, he's not that he's not that dude, mm. ever. And if they go, we need you as coach, I want you to be the coach, what would you say? And he, f he just went, hmm. He didn't say anything, but he didn't say he didn't no. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Like he, but I mean, like you've got to play with the ego. You've got to go, okay, Joe, we need you. And you say, well, I just need you. If they f sell it the right way to Maddie and Joey, I think they might get it done. Interesting. Like, because I... I'd almost not even really considered Joey as just the option for a coach because, like, I mean, he's, he's obviously part of the staff, but I was like, I just always thought he's not like, part no. of Like, the staff is different because, like, people get it twisted because he goes down to ball work and he gets photographed. He's not staying in camp. Okay. You know what I mean? So people yeah, get it right. twisted. I said, Joey, he goes... That, is, he, that got me twisted, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah, so, like, he still lives at Bronte. He just goes down to Coogee, does a little bit of stuff with the halves, but then they photograph him, like, because he's, he's in New South Wales gear, and they think he's part of the staff. Mm. Okay. No, he's not. He goes home, and then they all stay in camp, and then, he like, he'll go to their ball work sessions here and there, but, like, he's not part of the staff. Right. He's just Joey... And he just goes train. He can turn up whenever he wants. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But he's yes. not actually part of the staff. Okay, he's so certainly that, not the coach. No, but that's no, 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 no. Like he comes in there, so he doesn't game plan. He doesn't do anything. Like if he, you know, he'll give a couple of tips to Moses and all these other guys. And but that's about it. He's not. He's not doing game plans and and writing things up. Like that's all on Freddie and, and Brandy. And would they? Would, is that not the done thing to be like? If you're the coach and you're part of the and you've got your staff, so Freddie's accumulate like bought into whoever he wants. There's no, would, you, would you think there's any world where he's going to Joey and going like, hey, come and work on this game plan with us? Or it's pretty much like, I've got my crew who I want to work on the game plan well, with. Well, if he, if he did, he, just, he would questions. just get Joey in. Yeah, why would you, you know? just get him in? Yeah, you yeah. just say, Joey, I want you part of the staff. But yeah. he's never been part of the staff. He just always looks like the perception the is staff. reality, right? Yeah. When you put that on New South Wales uh, Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and he's always photographed and telegraphed, it looks like he's part of the staff. Even I darks you know, see part of the staff? He goes, no, nah, I'm not. I just go. I just go to training sometimes for like okay. twenty minutes, and then <laughs> right. goes. Then but go. but it looks you take a thousand photos yeah. of him. But it looks like the perception is mm. he's part of the camp. Well, he's not there for ten so days. So why do you think completely thrown? Yes, away. yeah. Do you not think his name yes. is not thrown up enough then around coaching? Like at the moment, I've heard Paul Gallen, James Maloney at one point, Michael Ennis Jeez, at one right. point. Someone said like, Danny Bedirus. Danny Bedirus. Bedsy seems like I mean Danny I mean, would do a good job. Yeah, but I think if I think if they just had Joey and then that Joey just brought it, it's the people that you bring in around the camp. Yeah, I think you know, like the you don't, you rarely coach Origin players. You know, it's about 
getting them connected and just wanting to play for each other and getting them up for that 80 minutes and get people around camp. Like, have a look at Queensland's camp. Mm. Yeah, Billy just brought in Cam Smith, JT, Nate Miles, GI, Alan Langer. Mm. Like, for sake. There's every single kid there That's that like, has looked at all those players and God, you're, you're a god to me. Like, Cobbo and Xavier Coates will be looking at GI going, I know. hell, it's GI. I don't want to let him down. Like, every halfback looking at, or even the forwards looking at Nate Miles. You know what I mean? Like the hooker looking at like Cam Smith, they have they're just held in such reg- high regard, and you know you go out there and you still, and then you got Alan Langer out there. You, know, you got you only know, got all these greats. You know what I mean? Like that are just they've done it before you, and it's not that far away. It's not twenty years ago. It's f- ten years ago. That's yeah. the difference, right? Is mm. that they've got blokes that came out of that you know eight years in a row, and then you know the three in a row they won after that. You know we've got to go back. Yeah, they've won a little bit further. Four, eight, four and eighteen. Of eighteen. Yeah. yeah, we've won four and eighteen. Yeah, fourteen. They've won fourteen, 14 out, of out of eighteen. 18. Yeah, come on, that's unbelievable. F- when someone told me that, my heart sunk. I know we heard that. We heard that after game two, and I almost threw up. You're still fit as. F- do you like? Uh, I was. I look at you sometimes, and I'm like, is he training still regularly, or are you one of those lucky bastards who's just jacked? No, I'm. I'm I was. I train. I train smart, man. I'm. Um. I'm in the middle of a. I fast a lot. I'm 44 hours into a 72-hour fast. Oh, really? Yeah. What's so, the, how, like, what? I just do it for the, the, the health benefits. Does it, and are there? Because I there is, man. I mean, you just got to think, like, just say your body's constantly just working on just digestive, your digestive system and your brain and everything, you know, like mm. food, all this kind of stuff. So it just gives your body a bit of a rest. How And you it gives you a chance, gives all the, gives your body, like your knee and, like, to, and other injuries that you have time to, Give all Focus the good on nutrients that. on that. Right. You know what I mean? So if you can do it like, and it's something that you don't just roll into a 72 hour fast. I mean, like, I'd, I'd usually do like 24 hour, 24 hour, like 36 hours and sort of just try and dabble with up. it, you know? Like, and I do that. Plus, I train like at E Lab, different training, right? It's like they have, you know, it's, it's not all about weights, 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 all that kind of stuff. It's more about functional mobility and movement, a heap of core, stuff that makes me feel. I don't walk out of the gym going, and my neck is jacked up and all that. You feel longer and taller and, like, you just feel yeah, stronger. Okay. And, and I just try and eat well, you know. Like, when you get older, you just – the amount of education and knowledge that's out there. Oh, yeah. Mate, you'd have to be an idiot. You know, not, if, if you want to get in shape, you can get in shape easy. Yes. You know, so and – and I'm a role model to these young kids. I've got to be a trainer. I don't want to look like a fat mess. You know what I mean? <laughs> I still want to do the drill. I still want to do the drills and that with them and, yeah. and show them, you know, like, you know, I'm 43 years old. I can still do the, do the drills and that with them. And, you know, it's just like, you know, talking to young 16-year-old kids, plus I'm, you know, in, in the business world as well, you know, it's all perception, is reality, like how you look at, you know, if some bloke comes in and he's a big f***ing fat mess, you're probably looking like you're not, you're not disciplined enough to look after yourself. Yeah. How am I going to give you this money? Yeah. yeah. What, you know, if I come in like that and they're going, why do I invest in you? Yeah. You can't even invest in yourself. It's a great point. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I look at that and I'm like, so I've got really good people around me, like, really, they're, they're like that. You know, like, they're like, they're f- worth a lot of money and it's all it's all that it's, that's, that's how they think they're like if you come in there looking like an absolute mess you're not going to get nothing mm. do you train they, every day yeah try and do something every day yeah okay and how, so how, well, how so just on the fasting thing yeah like, I was going to say how often mad. do you fast like I'll do like 24 hours like no, but mostly every day like so I'll eat just one meal a day Really? So oh, you'll okay. go, you'll eat, and then you go 24 hours, and then you eat yeah, again. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a big meal, food. like you're pounding a yeah, fucking Yeah, try big... and get like a heap of protein and stuff like that and vegetables. That's about it. Try wow. to stay off bread and all that sort of shit. And you're hungry? But I'm just saying, 
No, I'm not hungry. No. Once you get past that, so like I got past last night, I got power through today, and it'd be like 48 hours, and I'll get through tonight, and then like. You're just yeah. on water. Would you have any? Yeah. You have juices or oh, lemon? Lemon, squeeze some lemon in some um, lemon tea and all that kind of stuff. Wow! Still take your subs and everything like that. You can't. Yeah. So liver tablets always take that kind of stuff. Yeah, Sponsored okay. by Body Science, mate. So you can't really mm. up. You know okay. what I mean? Like everything like that. They're so good. You know, like but they've got everything there. So um, I don't know. Like I think when you get a bit older, like I'm 43. Like I don't. I don't want to just get all. I just want to get old. Yeah. Like, you got a lot more life left old, to live. You know, yeah. got, I feel like I'm halfway through life. Yes. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. I feel like I'm halfway through life. I'm, mm. You know, like I want to be I want to be in this space for a while. I don't wanna, I don't want to lose my f-ing mind. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think exercise is such a big part of that and health because I see a lot of ex players like Turvy and all that with dementia and all that kind of stuff yeah. and, I, and it breaks my heart. I'm like they're f-ing 20 years older than me. You know what I mean? They've yeah. got hit. This is exactly the same. I think I've got hit harder than Turvy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and there's still there's still that alcohol consumption's gone from here down to here. You know what I mean? Bit smarter with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So health is wealth at the moment, and I'm just thinking like that. So it's like it's a good space to be in. You know, like you and you, and I'm way more productive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I still, don't get it twisted. I still love having a f- good time. Yeah. yeah, but I just choose my I choose my moments. Yeah, a bit more selective. Yeah, yeah. and when you get older, you know, not everyone's a bunch of f- raging alcoholics. Yeah, I mean, depends yeah. who. You but you know, you just got to choose. You know, most yeah. of my most of my real close mates, they're all you know into businesses and like really successful, and they're all f- focused all the time. So you are like a part. You know, I mean, you, you, what do they say? Like you're, the you're, company you keep, the company it, yeah. you keep, and they're all f- focused and they're all health and all that kind of stuff. And then mm. I've got some other mates who don't mind have. I love having a good time, but they're focused as well. So everybody's in the right in the same sort of mind space. Mm. Which is good because you don't want to hang out with the blokes still going on benders. No, exactly. Like you just because you just do it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's still in me. Yeah, I just yeah. suppress it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 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 I know what I'm like. I know what man. I'm like. I'm just yeah. like it's like. A f- and if I want to go, I'll go. Yeah, Being like I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these guys who's going to go. Oh no, I'm f- done with everything because I know what I'm like. Yeah, you got to know what you. You got to know what you like. Yeah. You can't just think, go say, man, I'm off the piss of f- six years. Mm-mm. No way. This is all talk. And we are chatting to Willie Mason now, big fella. You've uh, you obviously achieved many many things in uh, the sporting world. Where does making the finals of Hell's Kitchen? Yeah, I should have won break. that. You know, <laughs> Deborah. I love Debbie, I'm, I'm, and I've got a great relationship with Marco Pierre White still. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, how does Hell's Kitchen work exactly? What was that experience? Well, it was a, well, it was all about like teamwork. And like, what, have I been, what have I been doing yeah. for the last yeah. seventeen years? Like, just like you got to had you had the strongest team, got everything delegated, and I was like, I was, I did that for years. Mm. So like, wasn't about being necessarily being the best cook because mm. Deborah, the lady who won it, was the best cook. You know what I mean? She's a yeah. mother. She's a grandmother. She loved cooking for her life. And I would have felt bad if I beat her <laughs> yeah. because like yeah. I was the captain my, of my side. We had Gaz from Geordie Shaw. So me, Gaz, me, Gaz and I, Gaz and I. Uh, worked. We we killed it. We killed it, and we could have. We had we had a, um, an option to get to to get rid of Deborah because she was the weakest in that thing. I said, not getting rid of Deborah. She's a legend. Yeah, you know what I mean. But we could have if we were about if we were being snakes. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, we're not getting rid of Deb. She's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's the original. Pippa, <laughs> she's the OG Pippa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm like, anyway, so we end up getting to the so us through us three were in the final three. Deb. 
Gaz himself, and then like, like she won. Are so, you in a situ- in that situation? Are you sometimes a bit like life's oh, funny or like was, weird? Like yeah. I'm in this. I'm in there cooking shit. Could you cook before that? I could cook okay, but I'm. I'm. Ask Rennie and all the boys, mate. They come over. I'm cooking meatballs and steak and stuff like that. I know. I'll ring Marco Pierre White, FaceTime him, and like, because I got a great relationship with him. I don't know why. <laughs> we just got along together. Yeah. And um. Mate, I'll just say, hey, I'm cooking this lamb and he'd send me the instructions and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed at his house when I went over to Bath. Like, like he's oh, a really? massive big mansion. Um, yeah, like he, um, I went over there in 2018. So he's got about 60 restaurants and all these hotels. It was like 1,800 pound a night to stay at one of his places. Wow. I didn't even see him. He just said, you're welcome, big fella. Blah, 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 blah. It was just a shitload of piss on this massive, massive room. It's about as big as this joint. Huh. Stayed there for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pay a cent. Wow. Didn't pay a cent. Hectic. It was right in the middle of London. And it was like summertime. It was just pumping. And I was just in and out, just doing, oh, mate. Mate, how good It was is- so good. But he's, like, he's like, we just had a really great relationship because back to when, just say, like his mum died at a similar age as my dad. Mm. And that drove him. And like we're sitting in on George Street, right? Mm. Two grown-ass men outside having a smoke. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't even smoke. I don't smoke. I've said it twice now. But <laughs> they're both times, like, chefs just f- smoke. Yeah. You know chef? They yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. darts up everywhere. Yeah. And he goes, do you yeah, want well, to smoke? Right. Right. Of course it's smoke up here. What f- it? I'm sitting there having a smoke with him. And then, like, he starts just f- talking about this and that. And we're both, like, f- hugging and crying <laughs> on wow. Main Street of, like, George Street. And that was the connection. Right, mm. and then we've just been connected from then on. And like, just say if I'm in England, I'll ring him. I stay at his house, and if he's over here, he'll like call me. And like, because just we just got this really weird relationship. Yeah. Like, he's one of the greatest chefs of all time, <laughs> and he's like, let me stay at his house. And like, even like one of his like, he's um, Andy Bennett. One of his, he was his like sous chef, and he's like, what the. F- I said he. Why? I said I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just we just got along. He goes. He has never f- talked to anyone like that. I said well. F- I don't know. It's just got common, It was just a really good relationship and it's unreal because he's a great man. Mate, thanks for coming in. It's been yeah. great to sit down and have a yarn. Appreciate, appreciate it. It's been Congratulations a long time. with levels and everything. Great yarn. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.